This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. The U.S. economy is in its longest period ever of continued growth. And perhaps counterintuitively, that's making investors worried. Because the economy moves through boom and bust cycles. So investors are trying to figure out when the next downturn is coming. And last month, the Wall Street Journal reported that the biggest hedge fund in the world, Bridgewater, made a $1.5 billion bet that stock markets around the world will fall. Today on the show, Bridgewater's big bet and how one presidential candidate may be factoring into how Wall Street is predicting the future. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. And I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, December 4th. Bridgewater is the biggest hedge fund in the world. It manages roughly $150 billion. Juliet Chung covers hedge funds. One of the really interesting things about Bridgewater is that it's one of the few hedge funds that's known both on and off Wall Street. On Wall Street for, you know, managing this gigantic pile of money. But the other reason it's really well known is it was founded by Ray Dalio, who is now one of the most prominent investors in the hedge fund world. There's a certain caliber of investors, a handful of investors that are so widely respected and well-regarded that when they say something, that affects how other people are thinking. That inserts new variables into the conversation about markets, and that can impact what other people do. Ray Dalio's influence extends beyond just the world of investing. Two years ago, he published a best-selling business book called Principles about his management and leadership philosophies. Ray Dalio is really interesting because he's probably one of the few hedge fund managers who's made such a mark on sort of the popular imagination. What sort of captured attention is his unorthodox management philosophy. He has this philosophy of radical transparency. And what Ray has said is that these are a series of principles he's learned over his decades of running a business, of building a firm, experiencing failure, and learning from that failure. And he's turned that series of principles, which employees are quizzed on, into a best-selling book, and he's given talks about it and sort of fashioned himself into this modern-day management guru. Ray Dalio's very first principle in the book is, quote, embrace reality and deal with it which is exactly what he's done with some of his biggest investments. One thing he's credited with is forecasting the financial crisis. In 08, hedge funds on average were down 19%. Bridgewater actually made money in the high single digits. It's not that Bridgewater just protected capital. They made money for its clients. And last month, the Wall Street Journal reported that Bridgewater has made another big bet. So this trade by Bridgewater was a bet that the S&P 500 and the Eurostox 50 would fall by March. 
those are two of the most important stock indexes in the world. Absolutely. And the firm paid roughly $1.5 billion to put on this trade. In this one trade, Bridgewater is essentially shorting the market. They're betting the stock market will fall by late March. They did this by putting $1.5 billion into financial instruments that would profit if the stock market goes down. And while Ray Dalio might be known for radical transparency, the fact that we know about this trade isn't typical. Hedge funds don't announce trades like this and generally go to enormous lengths to keep their bets private. It can be difficult to find out sort of real-time moves that hedge funds are making. Many hedge funds are enormously secretive. Some would say paranoid, even in communicating with their clients. Bridgewater doesn't break from that pattern. Bridgewater also tends to hold its cards close to its chest. Hedge funds often will have competing positions. If rivals know what a fund's position is, they can use that information to their advantage. And so to the extent that other investors can get a sense of what other firms are doing, it's always of interest. And this is a rare instance where we're getting a glimpse into that. But a bet of that size starts to make waves in the marketplace. There was some buzz around this trade, and folks were spending some significant time trying to figure out who was behind the trade. And there were only a a handful of firms that could even be behind something like this, given the size of it. Bridgewater, being the largest hedge fund in the world, was one of the main candidates. Juliet's reporting confirmed Bridgewater was behind it. Investors and analysts were immediately interested because of the bet's size. Its total market value is actually roughly $100 billion, which means it has the ability to cause ripple effects across the markets. So what does this bet mean, and why are they doing it now? The hedge fund, of course, won't say exactly what it's up to, but because it's such a big trade, many on Wall Street are trying to figure out what Bridgewater could possibly be seeing. The first possibility is pretty innocuous. This trade could be a simple hedge, a hedge for other long exposure it has to stock markets around the world. It's like an insurance policy in case your position falls in value. If that happens, the hedge will still make you some money. Bridgewater manages $150 billion. And a lot of that is riding on the stock market. So one option is that this $1.5 billion bet is just a hedge against its other bets in case the market goes down. But there's another possibility that's a bit more ominous. Bridgewater is making a wager that, yes, we believe that stock markets around the world are going to fall by March, and that it's not a form of insurance against their other exposure in their portfolio. Why might Bridgewater think the markets are going to fall? Basically, we've been in this really unusual period when, since March 2009, the S&P 500 has just been on a tear. This is the longest run in the S&P 500's history, where we've seen it just continue to rise and rise and rise. Mm -hmm. And so then that begs the question, well, are we due for a big decline? And when is that coming, if so? If you step back further and look at this trade, you could step back and say, this is a bearish bet against sort of the world. Bridgewater's Ray Dalio says that this trade is not representative of the hedge fund's overall market position. Dalio says that Bridgewater's bets that the stock market will go up overall outweigh its bets that the stock market will go down. One thing 
Bridgewater um, would say, and many other funds would say, that unless you can see into all of their positions, it's impossible to know how a portfolio is positioned. A fund can change their positions frequently. They can hold interrelated positions. They can hedge some of their positions. But there's another detail of the Bridgewater bet that investors think may reveal a potential third option for why Bridgewater might be doing this. The clue lies in how the bet is engineered. So Bridgewater's trade is made up of put options. Put options are derivatives contracts that give investors the right to sell stocks at a specific price by a certain date. These put options expire in late March. Late March of 2020, a date that holds significance outside of Wall Street. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM, helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. Welcome back. Bridgewater's $1.5 billion bet against the market comes with an expiration date, late March of 2020. By March of next year, we may have more clarity about who is likely to capture the Democratic nomination. Bridgewater has said it has no positions that are intended to be hedges or bets on U.S. politics. But the timing has many analysts and investors wondering. There's speculation that this is a political bet. A lot of investors have watched the rise of Senator Elizabeth Warren, the rise of her candidacy with concern. And they've been saying that her myriad plans constitute this fundamental reshaping of capitalism. Warren has proposed major changes to how businesses could operate. Things like a wealth tax, regulation of big tech, breaking up banks, and nationalizing healthcare. And her plans have a number of Wall Street investors worried. If it looks like Elizabeth Warren is a credible, or Bernie Sanders is a credible opponent to Trump, the market will not be higher. It'll be lower. By how much? Well, what was I could tell you is I think she'd be a bear market, and bear markets generally go on for a year, and they go down 25%. A host of prominent investors, Stanley Druckenmiller, Leon Cooperman, Stephen Ratner, have expressed concern about the effect that a President Warren would have on the economy. And some have predicted that the market would fall 20, 30% in the event of her presidency. What is it about Warren exactly that is getting people on Wall Street so spooked? They view that her nomination 
will have a slowdown effect on the economy as the heads of major companies hold off on making major decisions, hold off on spending money until they wait and see who actually becomes president. And that's because Senator Warren has so many sweeping policy proposals that she wants to enact that she's got a lot of Wall Street worried about what the impact on the markets would be. And they cover an immense sector of the economy, whether it's healthcare, big banks, big tech. Another thing Wall Street investors have been really focused on related to a President Warren are the sweeping tax proposals she would have that would raise the federal tax rate on the ultra-wealthy in the U.S. Are there any hedge funds who we actually know are making bets based on a Warren presidency? There's one hedge fund that's actually making sort of a related bet, Key Square Capital Management, which people in the industry follow because it's run by Scott Besson a prominent investor who used to invest for George Soros. That fund is betting against the dollar in a variety of currencies, specifically tied to the idea that Senator Warren will continue to rise in the polls and gain strength as a candidate. And one thing he wrote in a letter to clients earlier this month is that intelligent people can argue whether Ms. Warren's numerous programs will be good or bad for American society, but they are unequivocally negative for U.S. asset prices meaning no good for the stock market. One bank even built a financial product for clients who were worried about a Warren presidency. Morgan Stanley offered to their trading clients what they described as a way to hedge the risk of Elizabeth Warren's campaign gaining traction. And it was a collection of stocks, healthcare stocks, financial stocks in terms of asset managers and banks, energy stocks. The list sort of goes on because she has plans for so many different industries. They called that the Elizabeth Warren risk basket. And that was a way that they suggested investors could hedge the risk associated with the myriad plans she has. So in other words, it's a group of stocks that you can bet against if you think she might become president. Right. What one person close to Morgan Stanley said is that the basket was never intended to focus on one particular candidate. It was broader than one particular candidate, and it was meant to reflect risks associated with a Democratic candidate gaining the presidency. Morgan Stanley changed the name of that stock basket the same day it came out and removed the reference to Elizabeth Warren. Instead, they gave it a name with the abbreviation RC, which stood for Regulatory Change. Warren, for her part, has been fine with criticism from billionaires about some of her policies, such as the wealth tax. I've heard that there are some billionaires who don't support this plan. Oh... They think I'm cranky is why I'm trying to do it. Or that I just don't like them. The Warren campaign said her plans to raise taxes and invest in the middle class would, quote, supercharge economic growth. So Senator Warren has declared that she's a capitalist to her bones, I think is a rough sort of paraphrase of what she said. But at the same time, she sort of embraced this image of fighting Wall Street and taking aim at the really wealthy. So she's running as sort of a populist candidate, and I think that shows through in some of her plans and her rhetoric around those plans. Bridgewater's founder, Ray Dalio, again, says this move isn't political. But outside the hedge fund, he actually has expressed some political opinions he appears to share with Elizabeth Warren about income inequality. In a two-part LinkedIn post, he wrote, quote, 
there need to be powerful forces from the top of the country that proclaim the income-slash-wealth-slash-opportunity gap to be a national emergency and take on the responsibility for re-engineering the system so that it works better. But Juliet points out that investors' political views don't necessarily have anything to do with their trades. A number of very wealthy people have raised concerns about rising populism in the U.S. and around the world and have called for increased taxes on themselves, have done things like sign the giving pledge. But I don't know that that necessarily relates or translates into specific trades they'd make. Because, again, if it's a fund with outside clients' money, they've got this fiduciary duty to do what's best for their clients. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's tricky betting on how political outcomes will affect markets. George Soros, who's a big Democratic donor and one of the most legendary investors in the industry, he had this view that markets would fall in the event that Donald Trump were elected president. And he lost, you know, almost a billion dollars in that wager. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got an investor with as, you know, successful a record as George Soros who can lose money on sort of a political wager, it stands to reason that there are many others who could as well. That's all for today, Wednesday, December 4th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting for the story from Gunjan Banerjee. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon.